0: Are locked on Big Ten your daily podcast on the Big Ten conference part of the locked on podcast
1: network your team every day oh do we shoot I froze up let's start over <laughs> <laughs>
0: Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. We've got a good show lined up for you today alongside our Tuesday co-host, Kevin McGuire. I'm Nate Dickinson. Kevin, the off season's over. It's officially game week. It's week zero, so you can count it or not, but there is Big Ten football being played. Maybe not your team if you're listening playing here, but we've got a Nebraska-Illinois matchup coming up this weekend to look forward to. And if you're a football fan, that's plenty enough.
0: Hey, it is football. It's being played on Saturday. The games will officially count in a win or a loss column. As far as I'm concerned, Nate, we have made it. We've made it through another offseason. This one was pretty rough, but you know what? It's going to be good to see college football back on the field this Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, is there anything you're looking to take away from that first matchup? It's not something that'll really have... Are expected to have Big Ten standings implications at the top, but a couple of big names on the sidelines in Brett Bielema and also Scott Frost trying to make names for themselves in a couple of different situations. One just starting at a job, another one trying to keep a firm grip on his.
0: Yeah, this is a big one for Scott Frost, because uh, if you look at that, that Nebraska schedule, just getting to six wins, it's going to be tough. And this is one of the games where they probably have to win this game if they even want to think about going to a bowl game this year. On the other sideline, of course, Brett Bielma, you know, Nate, that I'm pretty excited to see Brett Bielma back in the Big Ten. Uh, I do think that we're going to learn a lot about him and whether or not he's actually capable of building a program. It's not necessarily something that he has done or at least unsuccessfully. He's been able to continue success at Wisconsin, but now at Illinois, it's a little bit of a rebuilding job, and he's got a lot of room for improvement. I'm looking forward to seeing how Illinois comes out, though. I know they're a little bit of an underdog at home against Nebraska, but I'm kind of liking their chances to put up a pretty good fight to get the Brett Bielma era underway.
1: Yeah, we did the lines at the end of the last week. Was it close to a touchdown underdog that the Fighting Illini are at home here in this opener? If I had that right, I remember. I think it was something around there, and I'm not 100% sure.
0: So I was looking at the lines on Bet Online, uh earlier today before okay. we recorded this podcast, and Illinois is plus 7.5. So I put it out on my Twitter account, and I'm just thinking, Illinois plus 7.5 is... Pretty enticing to me, and maybe I'm foolish for thinking so, but I don't trust Nebraska, and I think that Illinois comes out with a little bit of a fire and uh, against an opponent where I think they can do some damage.
1: Yeah, it, I think it was six and a half last week, so that line may have even moved a little bit over the weekend as well too. But again, football season just around the corner, and you got that first chance to break in your Big Ten betting Kind of muscles too for this season too, because we got a big weekend coming up the next week too, but we got plenty of time to talk about that. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about the COVID policies now officially in place for the Big Ten. What does it mean for this conference season, and why did it take so long for this conference to make this decision? And also, APL Americans came out today. Who are the representatives from the Big Ten? But first, before we get to all of that, we'll get you all the biggest news from around the conference here as we start up the show with Kevin. Kevin, a couple of things to note from across the conference in other sports. Volleyball and men's soccer preseason polls are out in the coaches poll. Indiana voted a unanimous favorite to win the conference in men's soccer. And in volleyball, Wisconsin voted a unanimous favorite as well. No surprises there. Both the Hoosiers and Badgers dominant in history in recent years, especially in those sports. And they are going to continue to do so, it looks like, this season as well. It's one of those things that uh, produces some of those Olympic athletes that we were able to honor so well last month.
0: Yeah, it was really cool. I don't pay too close attention to a lot of the the non-football and basketball sports, I'll be totally honest with you, but I know you did a great job of tracking all the Olympians from around the Big Ten, and you know, seeing the medal count for each of the Big Ten schools kind of grow, certainly down the final stretch of the Olympics, was kind of a really good reminder that there are a lot of really good athletes in all kinds of sports in this conference. There's a, a lot of good sports programs too. And you know some of them are up and coming. Some of them are national powers that, you know, you probably don't even realize because you don't pay attention to those sports, maybe outside of every four years. Right. So uh, there's a lot of good things going on with the big 10. It's not just about football and basketball, uh, maybe even hockey or wrestling, but there's a lot of good programs out there. And, I know Penn State's been traditionally pretty good at a lot of those sports as well. They have had a pretty good men's soccer season. They're, they're usually a pretty good women's volleyball team. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll defer to you on some of the expert takes on some of these other sports that are going out there because I know you're following it a little bit closer than I have been. Well, with the sport like volleyball,
1: it's half the conference is able to say that they got a pretty great volleyball team. The Big Ten is just the best in the con- uh, country out there consistently. And that's why it showed in the Olympics again, too, eight people on that USA gold medal team representing Big Ten schools. So uh, obviously, that's going to be a very competitive season to watch. And if you're a volleyball fan, you know that volleyball fans are very, very passionate about that sport. And it's one of the most fun sports, I think, to watch live, too. The way that you can kind of get packed in like you do in like a basketball game, but even in a smaller, kind of even more packed in setting, of a volleyball court can be really, really cool. Purdue is one of those places that has a nice student section for the volleyball games that end up bringing a really good atmosphere. At least it was a while back that I went to one of those games, but it was something that did like that. But anyway, I'm running off topic now. Uh, Let's move on here. Before we go on to COVID stuff with Kevin, one more update from Minnesota football. It's the Gophers playing Ohio state in what is now less than two weeks away. They may be out, Of their top target, though, in Chris Altman Bell. He's been upgraded, though, Kevin, from week to week to day to day. Kevin, what's the difference? This is a sport that plays once a
0: week. It's pretty important, right? I mean, not having some of your best players, uh, this is a, you know, you don't want to miss out on any opportunity. So if you don't have one of your best players going up against one of the best teams in the country, certainly puts you behind the curveball a little bit. But you know what? I got to get your reaction. The all black uniforms, thumbs up or thumbs down.
1: I love I love the uniforms. I don't know if it's going to end up coming out on a good showing, but I think <laughs> you missed, I, I think you're, my question, Kevin, he went from week to week to day to day. What, what's the difference between those two things? I don't understand. I mean, I guess with the practice, it matters.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I misinterpreted. Um, yeah, I don't really know what the difference is I guess there's got to exactly, be something right? to There must be, some a, the, there must be something a sport to it, that right?
1: Plays, this is a sport that plays once a week. I don't get it. It doesn't seem to make any sense to me. I saw that. And I was like, wait, what? It doesn't make any sense, but we'll see. Yeah, it has to. I mean, obviously, it's an upgrade, they said. So
0: All right, it well, should hey,
1: mean something. I don't know. Maybe he's testing stuff out more every single day. When he goes to practice, I don't know. But again, hopefully he'll be back for the game against Ohio State because even if you think the Gophers are going to get destroyed in that matchup against the Buckeyes, you want Minnesota to be able to at least give them their best shot. We'll talk more about everyone on Ohio State who's really good as well as everyone who's really good in the Big Ten later on when we talk all Americans in the AP that came out earlier today. Today being Monday when we're recording here for Tuesday's show. But first, we're going to talk about the new enacted COVID policies for Big Ten football games this season. The conference a little late in deciding that teams with COVID problems will be forfeiting games. We'll talk to Kevin about what that means. Could games actually be canceled here with the format they have right now? We'll talk about all of it in just a minute here on Locked On Big Ten. We got a new sponsor to tell you about, and it's Sweatblock. Now, Sweatblock has, if you don't know, some of the best products out there to just making sure that you're not sweating too much. It's the summer months, and it's the dog days of summer now in August. But Sweatblock has you covered. If you have that one shirt that you tried on at the store, it fit perfectly. You looked great. Perfect shirt for you. But then you go out in that hot weather for the first time in it, and it just absolutely gets drenched in sweat. Some people sweat a lot, but some clothes just aren't meant to take any sort of sweat, really, it seems. So if you end up having one of those shirts that just you seem to sweat through every time, or if you do just seem to sweat more than normal people, you can try out the sweat block wipes to see if it will work for you. And if it doesn't, they'll get your money back. These things are up to seven days effective on your underarms with one set of wipes. Just wipe them on your arms real nice and easy to do. And you're protected, good to go for up to a week. And again. If it doesn't keep your underarms dry, they will refund you your money. And you can save money too by using our promo code at the site. Go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code locked on for 20% off your order. That's 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. That's locked on, the promo code. Go try them out. You're going to come back for more. This stuff really, really does work. Welcome back to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every single weekday. Alongside our Tuesday co-host, Kevin McGuire, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about the Big Ten's new COVID policy here on the show just for a moment. The Big Ten did kind of what we were expecting it to do in deciding to end up having teams forfeit games in which they have any sort of COVID problems that allow them or I guess disallow them from playing, keep them from playing, however you want to say it. But everybody else had done this, so we kind of knew the Big Ten would have to follow suit. My first question for you, Kevin, is why did this take so long? Because it just seems like a bad look for a Big Ten conference that has had more than one over the past couple of seasons with this COVID stuff.
0: Yeah, it seems as though, compared to some other conferences, that the Big Ten has been kind of dragging their feet. And maybe they're just going through more due diligence and making sure all the the paperwork and all the, the terminology is ironed out as smoothly as possible. I don't know what the case is. Uh, honestly, you know, as long as they come to the, the same decision, I don't think it really matters how long it takes to get there, but it is kind of interesting to see that a conference like the Big 10 has been kind of behind the pack compared to everybody else out there. I think the the Pac-12, the SEC, uh, the ACC, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe even the Big 12. I think all those power conferences had already come out and made basically the same decision which seems to be following in the footsteps of, I guess, what the NFL did. I think the NFL kind of spearheaded a lot of this effort or the, the kind of uh, this decision-making that's going to be regarded with the schedules and not being able to – or not taking the chance to reschedule games and just kind of hand out a forfeit wherever needed. Uh, so, again, Big Ten kind of lags behind. I don't know if it's necessarily a huge problem, but you know, compared to other conferences after the year that they had last year, Would have been nice to see the Big Ten maybe take more of a leadership role rather than looking like they're just kind of following in the footsteps of everybody else.
1: Yeah, it seemed like an easy opportunity to be able to kind of make up some ground as far as just the image of the conference, especially uh, under this new leadership. And again, a pandemic's not something you want to put on anyone starting a new job, but it seemed like Kevin Warren had an opportunity to really win some people over here. And again, I don't know why it took so long for this to happen. I know there's a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes that you and I don't know about. And it is way over the heads of even a lot of people who we do consider the experts in this kind of stuff. But it just seems like a simple thing that the Big Ten just didn't get right until it really had to get it right. And that's with a week before the season actually started for the conference. So it happened now and this is going to be something that affects the Big Ten along with the rest of the country as we expected, but is it actually? Because I'm thinking in my head, all right, we've gone through just about every other season now. Football games weren't really affected all that much last season. Stuff got moved around a lot, and I suppose that would happen again, but When I'm thinking about like going through the baseball season, they have a lot less players and there have been a lot less games canceled within that season. I don't know if the environment's the same. I guess that's part of the question. Like, is this something where we could see games canceled or is it kind of an unlikelihood with where we're at right now with the pandemic? I I mean, the Delta variants and everything is, of course, something that's a bit more of an unknown. But at least with where we were at in general with this thing, as far as sports goes, I'm kind of ready to be able to relax a little bit as far as games actually getting canceled. Players not being able to play, maybe, but as far as enough people being pulled out for these games to actually not get played at all, I'm a little bit hesitant to do it, but I kind of want to say that we might be okay.
0: I'm kind of with you. And again, I think that there is reason to be skeptical that every game is going to be 100 percent unaffected by COVID because uh, we don't have 100 percent vaccination rates. So we're going to continue to be some players that will test positive at some point. And like you said, there is a very good chance that not every player in the Big Ten is going to play every game this year. I think that's just a foregone conclusion right now. But the fact that you have a threshold that you still have to meet in order to have a team pull out of a game entirely like we saw last year, I think that that's more unlikely than it is likely at this point. And I think that is at least trending in a more positive direction because you know more people are going to get vaccinated. The cases, I think within your football program will likely go down as a whole, you know, it'll trend in the right direction. So'm I'm, I'm with you on the fact that we're still gonna have, COVID storylines but I don't think it's going to be something where we're seeing a game be canceled entirely we didn't get Michigan Ohio State last year I think there's a very good chance we're going to get Michigan Ohio State this year just to throw one out there as an example
1: right yeah That that's just a game that people want to have played and obviously everyone understands by now the cost of not having these games played as far as like the actual dollars and cents goes with it too so they're going to try and push that as much as possible, but I was just thinking about it too like, oh, geez, what if this ends up happening again? But then I started more and more into it, and it just seems like while players are going to be affected, I don't know if teams will. I guess the only question is otherwise, like, and maybe this is something I, I should look up for tomorrow, show, give myself the homework, but like, what is each school doing with its teams as far as like how secluded everyone is from everybody else on campus? what's going on as far as like what they're following along with just their individual states and stuff because if these people are just walking around a college campus maybe yeah stuff happens but if they're being safe about this like they were last year and not as safe as they had to be hopefully these kids are able to have a little bit more of a life but i feel like there's a way to be able to do this with at least like having a 90 percent confidence that you're not going to be able to or that you're going to be able to play every game when it's supposed to be played?
0: I think you can learn a lot by going through an experience. So last year we saw everybody go through the experience of trying to get through a college football season, uh, both on and off the field, in the classroom, all that stuff that was going on. I think you can learn those lessons. And as long as you apply what you've learned going into this upcoming season, as I think a lot of the schools already have been showing that they're doing, I think that there is reason to be confident that you're not going to see, I'm not going to say no cancellations, but at least far fewer cancellations. Uh, We'll just leave it at that. But I do think that what we've learned last year going through the season, I think can be applied to going into the season. You know a little bit more how to prepare, how to organize your program, how to organize classrooms. You know, students are back in classrooms now. Uh, I know Penn State just opened up their fall semester on Monday. So we know that, uh, you know, Now is the tricky part. Now we're getting everybody back to a little bit of a sense of normalcy. Now let's see how it's all handled, and hopefully it is still handled appropriately. And I I have reason to believe that in most cases it will be.
1: Yeah, and and you know the Big Ten is going to obviously do everything it can to make sure that the conference is looking as good as it can. I mean, you remember last year it did just about everything it could to make sure Ohio State had the best resume it could for that college football playoff. If any sort of situation like that were to happen again, you know that you feel like the conference would act similarly too. But that that's something for way, way down the road. I, I'm just kind of confident right now, at least, that all these games are going to get played. But again, we got to go week by week. We don't know what's going to happen right now. So as I said before, too, I'm hesitant to do anything more than just kind of cautiously lean back a little bit in my seat. But We'll get more into COVID stuff, I'm sure, unfortunately, as the season continues. As we talk with Kevin here to end the show, we'll get into the AP All-Americans list that came out here on Monday. When Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And, of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. Whatever your need may be. Welcome back to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. As we wrap up the show here on a Tuesday, we're talking about the AP All-Americans list that came out, first and second team. This one, a pretty kind of exclusive list. We have a whole lot of lists, like watch lists or even All-Americans lists that some publications have. They're really just trying to get their names out there by putting a whole bunch of people on a list at once and so everyone else can aggregate the information and put it into their posts, get their own publication's name on other publication sites. But with the AP, they keep it pretty tight. And the Big Ten had a whole lot of representation. And we'll start just kind of going down the list here. Again, a first and a second team. And Ohio State had a wide receiver on each. Of course, Chris Olave, the first team All-American for the Buckeyes. And then getting on the second team as well, Garrett Wilson for Ohio State. We talked about how this may be the best wide receiver unit in the country before on this show, Kevin, the AP kind of agreeing with us here.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of really good wide receivers in the Big Ten, and for Ohio State to have a first-team and a second-team player uh, just kind of tells you just how talented Ohio State is once again at the wide receiver position. It feels like they always have a good wide receiver or two in their uh, offense, and that is absolutely going to be the case this year. Chris Olave uh, G- uh jake G- name, garrett, <laughs> garrett mess up his name garrett wilson yeah that is an, a lethal one-two combination so opposing de- defensive backs around the big 10 are going to have their hands full every time they're going up against ohio state yeah I, I got them on the pad here or else I, i'd be
1: messing up names all over the place too there's just too many too many to try and figure out all at once uh, other guys making that first team for the big 10 Maybe the best offensive lineman in the country and Tyler Linderbaum, given that he was given media Big Ten Player of the Year preseason votes this season. So obviously, he's going to be up there on the list as well. You mentioned before, we went on to record. Seems like Iowa needs to have an offensive lineman on these lists every single season. And then the other guy I wanted to talk about was Brandon Joseph, safety from Northwestern. We knew Brandon Joseph was really good, but again, something we talked about before. I was a little bit surprised to see first team all American out of him. That was something that I wasn't expecting. He has the talent, but I didn't know he had that kind of the respect around the nation.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, So I wasn't necessarily sleeping on him as one of the best players in the big 10, but one of the best safeties in the country, I wasn't quite ready to go there, but Hey, more power to him. Obviously uh, he's got a lot of respect out there and, you know, Northwestern doesn't get a player in that position very often. So they should absolutely be celebrating the fact that they've got one of the best players at their position in the country, at least according to this AP poll or AP all American team.
1: And he's going to help a Northwestern defense out. That's going to need some help after losing a lot of players last season. He anchors what will be the strongest unit of that defense for the Northwestern wildcats. So, Hopefully he can help out those other sides, try to figure things out here at the start of the season. Northwestern's trying to kind of prove some people wrong after going back to a big 10 championship game again and not being ranked so high by the media or the coaches, anyone really, as far as just like top 25 or even in the big 10 preseason standings too. But again, moving on talking about the players in other states oh, Haskell Garrett of Ohio State defensive tackle was the other first team All-American, but really just a bunch of Buckeyes on this list. They are Munford offensive tackle on the second team. We mentioned Garrett Wilson already. Ohio State was on the second team at wide receiver as well. I believe there was even one more too. If not, there's plenty of other Big Ten guys to talk about too, but the Buckeyes just have a whole ton of players. I haven't counted everyone up. I would imagine it's Alabama, Clemson, and then Ohio State, I would guess, as far as all Americans go on this list, but I'd have to go up and down and take a look here. E- even Ohio State, maybe even over Clemson, as far as just the overall individual talent they have. Buckeyes just always have it,
0: they do. And uh, LSU and Texas A&M each have two uh, first-team All-Americans. So, I mean, those are the kind of programs we're talking about that are always going to land a couple on there. Oklahoma always has uh, good representation. Uh, But, yeah, Ohio State, that's the thing about Ohio State. You know, go back to when Urban Meyer took over that program. He dramatically improved on the recruiting and player development, which was already probably among the best in the Big Ten before he got there. He just took things up to another level. Ryan Day continues that track record. It doesn't show any signs of slowing down. With the staff they have assembled, with the players they recruit, with the players they develop and send off to the NFL, it's no surprise that you see this many players uh, on your first team and your second team, AP All-American team, and all the other All-American teams that are out there. Of course, some of these names are going to be pretty uh, transcendent from one list to the other, but that's just where Ohio State is and where everybody else in the Big Ten is trying to be.
1: Yeah, it's just another example of being on another level, but we try to limit the Ohio State is good talk on this podcast. Yeah, Twitter might get
0: mad at us. Yeah,
1: (laughs) move on (laughs) to uh, another little bit of a surprise here. Indiana's defense, well represented on this list. Micah McFadden in the linebacker core on the second team for the Hoosiers. Also in the defensive backfield for Indiana on this list as well. I'm losing the name on my side. Tywin Uh, Mullen. Tywin Mullen, that's right, yes. On the list for Nian on the second team, All-American too, Those two guys we knew, again, were really good. But just two guys that I didn't know had this kind of national recognition. And I'll maybe try to reach out to people who have or know how this voting works to try and learn a little bit more about like what goes into why these guys get picked over everybody else who's extremely talented across the country. Because again, there's only like, what is it, for linebackers, Five or six guys who make either of these lists. So a lot of it ends up being just who do you like more going into the season. But Indiana, somebody that people like as far as just the individuals they've got out there on the defense. Part of the reason why the Hoosiers are picked so high. They've got extraordinary talent on offense, but the defense is getting a little bit
0: slept on here. It's really good. It's easy to get caught up in what teams do offensively. I know I'm guilty of that many times. And when Indiana has a guy like Michael Penix Jr., at quarterback, it's it's, uh, easy to get swept up in what's going on there on the offensive side. But really, what Indiana has been doing defensively uh, has been pretty remarkable. and kudos to Tom Allen for being able to build that kind of identity with a feisty defense. It is difficult to play Indiana defensively uh, compared to years past. It's not your your dad's Indiana, your granddad's Indiana. Uh, this Indiana comes to play and they play with a a nice little defense that can make some plays happen, causes turnovers, causes a lot of disruption. Uh, So you got to be very careful. And because if you're not, then Indiana is going to capitalize on it. And uh, I can tell you that from watching Penn State last year, I think uh, a couple other teams found out that, Indiana is coming to play. And when you have a season like Indiana did last year, that's why you get some of the recognition for some of your individual players. And that's why you see where they are ranked in these uh, preseason AP and the coaches poll. They're a top 20 team going into the season. I know that we have talked before about, you know, whether or not Indiana is going to have as successful as the season as they had last year. Still say, and I think you'll probably agree, as we said before, Indiana is going to be a good team this year. Are they going to be the second best team in the Big Ten East? I don't know, but this list shows you that they have players that you have to deal with.
1: Yeah, the Hoosiers are going to be tough this year. In previous years and even last year, it was a team that maybe was thought of as someone who was getting their breaks as far as just going throughout the season, getting the wins that they had gotten, But and obviously Penn State fans know plenty about that, but This year, they're obviously expected in the preseason poll and just with the attitude they're bringing into it to be able to compete with everybody. And now it's a game that everyone in the conference kind of has circled on the schedule, being able to prove because, you know, the Hoosiers are going to try to prove themselves out there on the field. But that's something to get into as we get into the season. And of course, Indiana has a big game to lead off the season for us to talk about when we get into next week. But as far as everybody else on this list goes, I just want to make sure we get all the names because, I mean, All-American lists, they deserve the recognition. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, senior out of Michigan, on the defensive end side, able to get his name on the all-second team list. And your Jaquan Brisker of Penn State, the safety also getting on the list on the second team as well. Muhammad Ibrahim, senior out of Minnesota, second team All-American at running back. That's obviously extremely impressive just with such an insanely deep position at college football and I believe that's everyone that I have on this list but it's a little bit of rambling at the end of the show just to make sure that we get anyone in there that needed to be in there Kevin any thoughts on anybody else we all know that everybody here is really good
0: i was gonna say i think you got everybody but you know what if we did miss anybody the twitter mentions for locked on big 10 are going to be on fire from that appropriate fan base so apologies in advance if we did miss anybody i know we've run into that problem before but there are a lot of big 10 players here and it's not all just from one school so i think the overall thought here is there's a lot of talent around this conference obviously ohio state's going to be in the spotlight we get that but Wisconsin has good players. Iowa's got good players. You've, you've got a second team All-American running back at Minnesota. There's something really special going on there. We just mentioned the defensive players at Indiana. Uh, you got a first team defensive player from Northwestern. You don't get that very often. So that shows to me that there is so much going on around the Big Ten, a lot of really good storylines. And it's just one of the reasons why you got to be excited for this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where you're going to have, if you're watching Big Ten football, just about every game, players who have that pro-level talent out there on your TV screen or in the stadium if you're lucky enough to be able to get in there, blah, 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 all that stuff. Kevin, it's always great to talk to you every single Tuesday here and break down everything. Next week, we're going to have games to talk about as the first week really, really gets in underway. But we will get kind of your predictions as we start off here on Week Zero What do you think this weekend, Nebraska, Illinois? Uh, I guess we'll talk against the spread too if we're going at a touchdown difference
0: and just game in general. I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I really like Illinois at least covering that spread. Uh, I, I think Nebraska does find a way to win the game, but at the same time, I would not be opposed to going with Illinois straight up in that game outright, if you will, because I just feel like I can't trust Nebraska. There's no reason that I should trust Nebraska, right? And I know Illinois is a rebuilding project, but they're at home. Brett Bielma, his first game, there's going to be some excitement for a program that desperately needs it. Uh, And I think that they've got some weapons that they can potentially use to their advantage. Again, it more comes back to me not being able to trust Nebraska on the road in a season opener in Big Ten play. I, I just There's nothing about it that I like for Nebraska. So that's why I'm kind of leaning with Illinois here right out of the gate. I don't know how many games Illinois wins this year, but they could very well be 1-0 by the next time I talk to you.
1: Well, we may have to put together with all the co-hosts here a little bit of a, a competition throughout the year with the Pick'Em throughout the Big Ten because there's going to be all sorts of games like this Really throughout the conference all year long where we're trying to figure out exactly who has the edge just straight up in games like this one because it's going to be a really fun season with all this kind of stuff. Kevin, it's always fun to have you on. Of course, you can listen to Kevin's podcast, Locked on Nittany Lions, every single weekday here on the network. Where else can people get a hold of what you're doing, Kevin?
0: You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. We've got ongoing Penn State coverage on NittanyLionsWired.com. And of course, uh, I'm a contributor to Athonsports.com. And I'm actually going to be putting up some picks for week zero games. One of them is going to be that Nebraska Illinois game, although I think I just kind of tipped my hand on which way I'm going on that one.
1: All right. So I don't even have to DM you to get the official prediction. I'll just check out what you read over, or what you write over there. I'll read it. At Athlon Sports and everywhere else, all here on Locked On Big Ten. You can follow us at Locked On Big One Zero. That's at one, Locked On Big One Zero on Twitter, not T E N. I'm at Nate with Sports, of course. Wherever you're listening right now, follow the show, subscribe, review, rate five stars, all that good kind of stuff. We'll be back tomorrow with Asher Lowe and another Big Ten team preview. I believe we may be able to get in somebody here from Indiana some point soon. It'll be Jacob Rude in by the end of the week to talk about the Hoosiers. If not, we'll have somebody else on hopefully to talk with Asher about more team stuff going on. But right now today, just too much news to not get into it with Kevin. And we thank you again for joining us to talk about it, Kev. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday.